Today's episode of Off The Block Swimming Podcast is proudly brought to you by our great sponsors, DMC Fins. DMC Fins are the best training fins in the business. Just have a look around in everybody's kit bag on pool deck and there's a pair of DMC Fins in there. Swimmers, surfers, they're all using DMC Fins as their choice of aquatic propulsion. Even superstar Cody Simpson is using DMC Fins to help with his training towards Paris 2024. Head over to dmcfins.com.au right now for all the latest deals and discounts on fins as well as hand paddles and other training aids and use the promotion code off the blocks for a 10% discount at checkout. Save your mind. Away they go. No problems with the start. There is two 100s in the second in it. Gary Hall Jr., the extrovert, and Ian Thorpe battling it out down the pool. Thorpe is starting to go away from it. everyone and welcome to off the block swimming podcast i'm your host robbie cox very very special uh, episode for you today uh, with our guest host live from fukuoka the 2023 world swimming championships mr bobby hurley as you can hear a bit of the background noise bobby's just finished his, his live coverage it's not bobby's live feed despite what i tell everyone uh it's the world aquatics live coverage with mike mccann he's just finished the finals for night three bobby how you been mate yeah, I'm going good. Going good. It helps when uh, the swimming is this exciting, and uh, this might be the first ever live off the blocks off the blocks podcast, huh? Yeah, well, I'm trying to work obviously time zones, and we've now got a new studio for off the block. So I'm actually in Rockdale right now, and we're about, you know, <laughs> nearly twenty past eleven in Rockdale. So hopefully it's a safe neighbourhood, mate. We'll get stuck straight into it tonight. What a great uh, lineup and. A bit of an upset, I guess you could say, in the 200 free, although if you looked at sort of Matt Richards, uh, Tom Dean's times coming into it, they, they were swimming pretty well. Huang from Korea in bronze medal and David Popovich obviously fourth. For you, did you see that coming about and how did you see the race? Mate, not a bit of an upset. That is a huge upset. The, the raps on Popovich have just been you know, comparing him to Ian Thorpe and, and everybody else. Obviously, he's already a world record holder at 18 and the body composition that he has is he talks up a, a big game. He just dominated in Budapest, but I, I saw vulnerability in the heat of the semi. Both of those swims, he had somebody next to him. He actually got touched out in the heat and in the semi-final, he really had to fight hard just, just to win in a 144-4, I think it was. So, I thought it was going to be close. The... um. The Great Britain swimmers, whoever it is, don't they uh, know how to put together a strong 200 freestyle? They, uh, Dean and Richards both look good on that last 50 in the semi-final. And when you're looking at this level in long course swimming, you've got to be finishing your heats and your semis and your finals. You, you've got to have some speed across that last 50 metres. If you're fading in long course swimming at this level, you're not going to be winning races. Um, and there's a target on Popovich's back. They ate him up. He was 28-1 on that last 50. Mm. So really uh, subpar swim. And not that, uh, you know, we want to talk negatively about him or whatnot, but 
you know, across three days, when McIntosh and Popovich, the young superstars, have got this target on their back, it, it just shows how difficult it is. Last year, they were a little bit more under the radar. They both won two world titles in Budapest, uh, somewhat unchallenged in those races as well. They came out of that and broke individual world records. So they're deserving of the accolades. accolades. But um, you see what pressure does to you. It's tough. It's tough out there. Yeah, mate, absolutely. I think, um, and the week is going to play itself out, as you said, and we're looking at Summer McIntosh. We'll touch on a little bit tonight with the semi-final. I thought she looked really, really good, um, looked a lot better than her 400. Um, but, yeah, no, 100%. Tom Dean, obviously, the Olympic champion, so it's not a – I don't think it's a surprise, but as you said, all the talk coming in was Popovich and, um, you know, unfortunately didn't have the legs. Say- yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I just gave that whole spiel about um, – <laughs> Popovich, but you've got to give credit to Matt Richards as well. He, mm, he's only mm. uh, he's only 20 years old. Yep. He flew in the heats of that 4 by one on day one, 46-8 in the morning uh, before they got disqualified. And he did that breathing twos in the 100 freestyle. So that's like, you know, that's a very similar split to what Kyle went um, and breathing twos as well. So you know that speed's coming really smoothly. Uh, so he was always going to be dangerous in this one, but, um, you know, another clutch swim to finish it off. So how good is that 4 by 2 going to be from Great Britain? They've got one and two in the world, and their they're, they're back-end swimmers are none other than James Guy and Duncan Scott, like the Olympic champion. Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah, it's going to be red hot, mate. It's definitely going to be red hot. And you're not, you didn't miss in terms of how they finish it. They know how to put together that 200. They know how to build it nicely. Um, I was practicing my commentary here in the studio and I was calling them through because you could just see them both starting to build. And um, I'm imagining, because I wasn't watch, listening to yours, Bobby, I was trying to practice my own, but I'm imagining you would have been able to see them coming through as well. So, yeah, they definitely put it together nicely. Well done to the boys going one, two there. Now, I want to touch on quickly, and I don't want to brush past it because she's the goat in female distance swimming and middle distance swimming. Ledecky, how impressive the 1500. That's the fifth world championship. I think that might be her third fastest or fourth fastest time. So she's certainly not um, slowing down. She blew away the girls. Uh, For a while there, it looked like she was around that world record, but that slowly started to get away from her. In the end, she got the job done though and still no one in sight. Yeah, really dominant again. And, um, you know, for however long Ledecky decides to swim, whether it's another one year or another five years or even beyond that, um, she's capable of a lot of things in, in the uh, distance freestyle events. But her legacy is going to come down to her, her longevity and her consistency. Like she's 11 years at the top, um, undefeated in the eight and the 15, and um, we, hasn't missed the major long course competition. So you know, different points, we saw Thorpey sit out, we saw Phelps sit out of different meets and duck and dive on different events. But Ledecky's always rocked up. She's always competed. She's been injury-free for 11 years. And um, I always like to play a fun game in my head and say, who do you think <laughs> has swum the most metres in the world in their life? How about that? Who has, who has trained the most? Who has swum the most swimming kilometres in the world? Maybe as active swimmers are right now or even in history. But Ledecky... She won the 800 11 years ago, so she must have put in a bit of work leading into that. Mm. She's probably got 15 years of of 50 weeks a year of distance freestyle swimming, uh, and she's 26. So 
you know that that longevity and that, that that's how uh, she's going to re- be remembered when we talk about her legacy and that's uh you know she's obviously going to be red hot favorite in that 15 next year yeah well and there's talk i mean she's she still mentioned she wants to go to 2028 as well i think everyone's kind of thinking oh 2024 but she's sort of Squash that and said, "What 2028? I, I want to go 2028." Um, also in that 15, I thought Quadrella did a really good job, um, and Li Bingji obviously uh, brought it home and, and got the the bronze there. Um, disappointing a little bit for Lani. I know she's only 0.21 off her best and over a 1500. That's pretty close. Just being there, um, Bobby. Did you see anything from Lani's race in terms of the girls sort of getting over the top? Did she maybe go out a bit too hard or? Well, she was third at 1,400, and Li Bingji came home 59.5. She yeah. came home quicker than Titmus. That's tough. You know, we, we've seen Chinese women fly home in these distance events before, and, you know, Lani came home, I don't know, 103 or whatever, and got four seconds put on her. So mm. she looked a little bit pissed off at the finish, to be honest, Pallister. Mm. She got a medal in this one last year. Um, haven't been down to see anybody on the team, but um, – yeah, impressive from from leaving G. Yeah, uh, we heard a bit of the commentary after um, with Lani, and she did say she was a bit disappointed with that race. That she probably feels based off her training, she could have gone a little bit better than that. So um, that's all you can ask for in terms of honesty after a, um, a swim like that. Anyway, you don't want the swimmers to be robots. So uh, it was nice to hear, mate. I want to quickly touch on the fifty breaststroke because obviously we got Nozzy in the final. Uh, with Sam Williamson, looked pretty quick. A little bit sluggish off the start. Finished well, so he got third and got eight through to the final, but it's going to be pretty hard to beat Chin with a 26-2. I think it's the seventh fastest all time. He looks on fire, that guy. Yeah, good for Sam. He backed up that um, big PB this morning, so he'll race uh, tomorrow night, which is good experience for him. But um, Chin from China... He's not a newcomer. Like he, he's won a few short course world medals back in 2018, but um, obviously the Chinese team have been impressive here. Their men are just looking jacked. You know, mm. like you don't normally see six foot three, six foot four Chinese guys like jacked, except for Will Yang in Australia. Yeah. Um, so that's been like they have a little bit of a presence, they have a bit of swagger, a um, bit of confidence. Uh, the Chinese are, I think, first and second for that final tomorrow. I don't think they can touch Chin. He he won that hundred pretty convincingly, so he he can put his best race together um, tomorrow night in the final. And um, you know it's good to see that sprint breaststroke progressing with new names because if we see PD back next year, there's no guarantees. Mm. Um, you know, fifty seven is not going to be a walk up Olympic gold medal. He's going to have to really really work hard for that. Oh man, one hundred percent. And Chin, it's, when he gets going. Um, to be honest, outside of the skill areas, it doesn't look like anyone can touch him at the moment, just from what I'm seeing. Once he gets going, if you're going flags to flags, he's your winner, and, and fortunately enough, his starts are pretty good too. Um, bit of vindication for Kayla McEwen in the 100 backstroke, and we'll touch on that in a second. Um, championship record, she wins. A phenomenal swim, the way she put it together, the back end, um, to, to knock off Regan Smith. Um what did you find? How did you find that swim? And, uh, you know, I mentioned vindication. I know that probably is not the main motivation for swimmers, but definitely would have been a little bit in the back of her mind, especially since, you know, those other images have come to light over the last 24 hours. Yeah, yeah. Lots to say about that, um, that IMDQ. <laughs> and, mm. um, you know, I, I like that, that Kaylee wants to race um, multiple events, wants to race the best in the world. And 
the best in the world in the women's back and the women's IM are the American swimmers. So she um, she wants to go head to head with them. She's just too good of a racer. Um, you know, if she's a half chance with 10 metres to go, similar to a guy like Kyle Chalmers or whatnot, you, nine times out of 10, they get the job done. Um, and also, like, there's a little bit between Smith and McEwen. If you watch a couple of those replays and watch them on the podium, they're, they're definitely not besties. Mm. Do you think that plays to the the theatre of it all as well, Bobby, in terms of from a spectator's point of view, you think that adds to it? It does for me because I like to look at those things. <laughs> um, I mean, you know, when we had, you know, Phelps and Kavik and Phelps and Chad, that's um, that's fun, Matt Corden and Sun Yang. Like, mm. you know, there's there's when you're sitting here watching the world champs start to finish, um, it's more than just the swimming. Um, so, so I think it's good. I think they're just both super competitive. Um, I wouldn't, you know, want to get on Kaylee's bad side because her, her track record of winning big races is just too good. But, um, you know, Regan's obviously with Bob Bowman, whose track record is pretty good as well. Mm. So, uh, these girls are just feeling each other out before, before Paris. It was interesting in the post swim interview, um, it was put to her that, oh, you know, off the back of that, you should be excited for the 200. And she kind of smiled and said, yeah, we'll, we'll see if my, how my sort of fitness is at the moment and, and how I go. So that 200 will be very, very interesting to watch. Um, we touched on it. We're going to have to touch on it now quickly, Bobby, because I don't know when I'm going to get you again this week. The, the controversy of the IM turn, the video reviews, I, I don't want to get started on that because I don't have enough time to take away from you to delve into that. How do you find it? What's the vibe over there at the moment? Does it kind of kill the mood when it keeps coming up video review and with the inconsistencies when you look at the the photos that we saw today? Uh, it does a little bit. It, this morning we had seven hits of the men's 50 breaststroke. They video reviewed the first four unseated heats, which is which is a little bit boring. You know, like every heat literally takes four or five minutes. Um, and then the uns and then the seated heats where you've seen the big names. And to be honest, a lot of those guys do double, do double dolphin kicks off the pullout or even on that finish. And they didn't review any of those ones. So I'm just assuming that they're going to review essentially every sprint breaststroke heat. Um, just because it's, it's such a fine thing, um, to look at and judge that either double downward kick off the dive or uh, a dolphin kick on the finish. Um, in Abu Dhabi 2021, that's when it first, they first used that technology and they disqualified like both world record holders, male and female, in the 50 breaststroke heats. Um, we haven't seen that, that here yet, but, um, yeah, I, I don't know. It, it, they've got the technology. It's a, everyone's been asking for them to use it for, for probably over 10 years and now they are and people are getting upset. Yeah, it's a tough one. I, I just know, and the listeners that listen to this podcast know, obviously, I'm an NRL fan. I, I, I know how the video reviews come into that. I know how it starts. It starts with the best intentions, but it slowly filters into everything. It drags everything out. All of a sudden, KFC sponsoring it, or someone, someone else is sponsoring it. It just dra look. You know, there's ways to get it done without it. There is human error, people. You know, it's going to happen. We don't need to – even if you get a video review on it, as we saw with the footage of Emma McKeon's turn uh, – sorry, uh, Kayla McEwen's turn, um, and I think it was – who else? Who was the other one, Bobby? Refresh my memory. Alex Walsh. Alex Walsh's turn. 
Okay, now everyone's up in arms because we've got the technology bit we didn't do. Okay, that's human error. That's okay. I can cop that, but let's not run a fine-tooth comb over everything. And it's just not going to work. I don't foresee, you know, you're going to drive people away. It's hard enough sometimes um, to get people to sit through a long stint of swimming um, on TV unless they've got great commentary like Mr. Bobby Hurley. (laughs) Um, But you know what I mean? And rather than bloody – No, I think – Yeah. Yeah, I mean – I had a chat to uh, to Rowan um, about that, and like, it's the Kaylee DQ is is um is pretty fair call. Like mm. looking at that replay, but it's the inconsistent cons- yes inconsistency because Alex Walshers was even worse. Yeah, but I think um, that's more what I'm, I'm not sure annoyed those- about. It's not that she got DQ'd or anything. It's more that there's probably five or six yeah. others in there. So if you're going to use it, well. I mean, I don't know where they got those overhead shots from on Twitter because there's what Ron was saying is there's no overhead cameras here at the end of every lane. Mm-hmm. But if they want to do that, uh, if they want to be so particular about it, you could put the right camera in the right spot and just get get um, get the angles out on the replay and make sure it's all it's all really official. But probably the progression of the conversation that I've had with a few people is. What advantage is there if you roll onto your front anyway, if you have to touch the wall on that back to breast turn? Mm. Like they changed the backstroke rule for the American guy last year. You could you could eliminate the controversy and let people roll onto their front on a back to breast turn. As long as they're touching the wall, I don't see much advantage there. It probably makes that turn easier, but you know, th- there's a history of changing the rules when it gets too too controversial, like Kitajima did the dolphin kick in Athens Olympics off the pullout. He won both golds there. There was an uproar about it. Then they changed the rule. They let everybody have one dolphin kick, right? Yeah. There's the Justin Rest situation last year, and maybe this could be another one. Yeah, well, it's definitely it's definitely causing some controversy. And as I said, just I don't want to see more of it. I don't want to see more of it. There's nothing more boring than watching a video review and a video review and a video. Tonight I got to see the the video review room. I don't want to see the people yeah. in the video review. Who cares? What is happening? Anyway, it's supposed to be swimming. Did you see how many people were in there? Oh, there's like there, a, there was a team a full of, of people in there. there. Yeah, you yeah I know. You could imagine trying to get that one, re- you know, no, I didn't. Th- oh, what did you see? What did you see? Oh, bloody hell. Anyway, let's move on. I know you're time conscious, Bobby, and you're on your way to a bus. Uh, as we speak, you're on your way to, t- to get to the bus. So I'll, I'll try and skip through a couple of these. I might just go straight, Bobby, to the 100 breaststroke final, the last event that you just saw with Ruda uh, Melitite winning the gold medal. Um, obviously a super close finish in terms of the – the silver and bronze, because at one stage it looked like Lila King and McSharry was going to get the silver and the bronze, and then all of a sudden Schoenmaker comes through and the Olympic champion, Lydia Jacoby, nags the bronze out of nowhere, which is phenomenal for her considering she hasn't been in the greatest of form. Yeah, a couple of American medals from uh, an outside lane tonight, which is um, good for their medal tally. And as Ryan Murphy mentioned, they're, they're sort of building their way through this eight-day competition. Um, King swam swam to win that. She she knew she had the match of speed from Meli Tite, so she was aggressive on the first twenty five, and she just paid for it. Um, she's got a history of being a really good racer in these big time finals, but to be honest, that was probably five, four or five years ago. It that sort of strategy hasn't worked for her um, in the last couple of big finals. She was fourth at Worlds last year before winning the two hundred, and she was fourth again. So. Um, you know, Jacoby, 
for third. I, I don't think that'll knock Lily King off the medley relay. Um, but uh, Melly Tite was was pretty dominant there with mm. victory. And I mean, with, I think Jacoby went 105 high, and King was 55 in the semi and 106.0 there. But with um, with uh, Abby Harkins 106.8, it's um, you know the, the the biggest differential on on the women's medley relay is that breaststroke leg. So that is somewhat of a positive when you look at it with um, Australian glasses on. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, mate, let's, I want to, as I said, I'm time conscious. I don't want to take too much of your time. So I want to, we move back and we're going to go to night one because I haven't really gotten to talk to you since that. Phenomenal night for the Aussies. It really put us on the map in terms of had the world of swimming talking. I think it might have been the most successful night one of world champs we've ever had. Um, Sam Short kicked us off, gold medal in the 400. You called it, well, if anyone wants to go back to the preview. <laughs> you called that, you did. Uh, Hafnawi, what a great battle between those two as well. And I, I did hear on another commentary that it, it was a little bit surprising that he was there. I don't know why it's surprising. He's the Olympic champion. Um, and he, he did it from the outside lane and, and he was there again to cause an upset. Sam Short, though, I knew with 50 to go, just knowing him, that he's a fighter. He loves being up for it, so he wasn't probably going to get headed. But what a great race that was and a great way to start for the Aussies. Yeah, I've got, um, I've got about 10 minutes to chat here, so we're all right. Um, to me, that was the most exciting final on night one, purely because that was, that was a race, you know. Um, the other ones, they sort of blasted away the world record or, you know, it was just super impressive. But... This one was a race and it was emergence of a new star. Mm. Um, you know, the, the stories you hear about Shorty from, from training um, are pretty unreal. Um, I've never met him, but he seems confident when you hear him talk. Um, is, that from him flexing on the, is that from him flexing on the lane ropes, Bobby? Is that where you got the confidence yeah. from? <laughs> I mean, he, he's, the bicep flex is, is sort of his thing now. And, yeah, um, he loves it. You normally get it. that from... <laughs> from teenage teenage boys um, and he's a distance swimmer and he's actually got a fair set of guns on him mm. so he backed up you know the fastest heat swim in history with a two second PB um, and it wasn't all his own way you know Hafnawi who it's a surprise because we just haven't seen him race since Tokyo um, yeah. but no doubting his talent and he pushed him and it was and it was head to head and Shorty had to fight for it and, and he got it um but what this 400 is crying out for is tough races. I don't mean that as a disrespect to um, any of the other previous champions or whatnot. But guys, both short and half now, they essentially swam identical races if you look at their split times. But guys that aren't afraid to go out fast and just grind it out. Mm. Um, so we did that. He well and truly earned that gold medal. Um, geez, he looked good in the 800 heats this morning as well. He's... Uh, He's just not afraid to race these big names and these stacked fields. So um, a real a real star um, and, and sort of has just taken that, that title away from Elijah, obviously, and the, and the limelight too. Um, so Elijah's going to have to deal with that too um, over the next 12 months to try and get back to his best. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, the time Elijah swam is is not, you know, anywhere near his best time. So a little bit of uh, searching to do as he goes back to training following these championships and, as you said, the emergence of Sam. And, um, you know, I put on Instagram, he's just getting started. It's going to be an exciting next 12 months following this week. 
for Sam. And, you know, as you said, um, we followed that up. It's the first time I think uh, the Aussies have gone a double winning the 400 men's and the women's with Ariane Titmus winning the 400 freestyle world record. Um, we previewed this. I think everyone previewed this as the race to watch. It became something that we probably didn't expect. I mean, I, I did say I thought Ariane would win. I certainly didn't see it in my mind playing out that way. Um, Katie Ledecky, you know, getting second, um, the great American doing a phenomenal job. She just didn't have the pace to go with Ariane, but she certainly had the pace to hold her spot. And, and Erica Fairweather coming through and, and jagging that bronze medal, um, which was phenomenal to see for her and swimming New Zealand. Yeah, well, I picked her for next year. I, I knew she'd be thereabouts because she's a she's um she's a great swimmer and she's a battler and she's always in and around it. Um, and I think that's how she got that bronze medal is she sort of just stayed in the fight. And unfortunately, yeah, we didn't see the best of Summer McIntosh, which I'll, I'll get your thought uh, your thoughts on in a second because I think she looked really good tonight in the semis. But first, with Ariane, um, that must have been first. It's surprising to see. I guess how that played out. Not surprising that she could break a world record. It was hers to begin with before Summer got it. Um, we know she's a competitor, um, but how did you see that race? And did it surprise you the way it sort of played out in the end? Yeah, definitely. That was um, obviously billed as race of the century. It didn't really turn out to be any sort of race, but it was. I think Thorpey took umbrage on that. By the way, every time they keep mentioning it, he he gets a bit. I don't know if he's, I don't know if Thorpey <laughs> thought it was the race of the century. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was certainly one of the, the the best women's performances of the century. That was um, mm. pretty dominant and pretty electric. But uh, what's impressive from Titmus is, you know, for all the the age group swimmers out there listening and watching, and people trying to do PBs and improve. Like she's the Olympic champion. The following year, she broke the world record. The following year, she does a 1.1 second PB in the second biggest race of her life. So talk about clutch. Um, she said the 400's her baby in it, and it certainly is. It's the time that um, that blew everybody away. And yeah. she beat Ledecky by three seconds. You know, we know Summer will be a lot better next year. She, she wasn't good there. She looked good tonight, as you said. Um, and, you know, just that, that weight of expectation on these young kids um, really, really weighing them down. Um, but, you know, assuming someone has a good turn of free tomorrow and a good rest of the meet just shows psychologically where she was at in that 400 final. Yeah. Um, if she has a terrible rest of the week, then, then maybe there's some, some um, training or some illness or some injury or, you know, there's a lot more physiology involved um, into performing at 400-meter events. But um, if she's good for the rest of the week, it's, it's really just psychologically – but she's 16, you know, so you can't come down on her too hard. Um, but, you know, Titmus is just ruthless. Um, and not only do you have to try and out-duel Ariane Titmus, you got, she's got Boxel on her shoulder. Um, <laughs> so he's not going to let her relax any day over the next 12 months. No, wasn't he loving it? Um, there's there's been video, I guess, sort of coming out bits and pieces over the last few days of of uh, of Boxall through that race, and um, you know, obviously loving it. And 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 we've touched on it before. We touched on it two years ago. It's because there's so much that goes into this, so much emotion, so much um, time, energy. 
um, you know, th th she's not the only one that was going for that. And obviously it looked like that target of the world record might have been there in terms of, you know, we're not looking just to win. We're looking to claim back that number one spot. So um, when it comes off and, and it did and, um, you know, Ariane said they had a, a plan and it sort of played out perfectly. So uh, it was phenomenal to mm. see. And, yeah, as you said, I, I think she just had too much speed and pace a little bit for the others as well. It looked like maybe at one stage Summer tried to match her a little bit, but um spun her wheels a little bit so um yeah congratulations to ariane congratulations to dean and that phenomenal you know coaching uh, performance and swimming performance and um as i said what um what was billed as a three-horse race ended up anything but and i think everyone was sort of left with their jaws open going what did we just watch so congratulations to Ariane, uh, before I get to the relays and, and then we'll sort of wrap it up, Bobby, we've, we've got to talk about Leon Marchand's world record in the 400 IM. I mean, talk about history making. I put it on there. You know, I just witnessed history. I, I text Bob Bowman as well and said it was a privilege just to watch it. How exciting that um, Michael Phelps was there commentating, watching it, you know, uh, presented the the medal as well. Um I mean, take your pick on what was most impressive of Leon's performance. For me, it was the skills um, and, the, and the last turn, 15 to the T, to that dot, 15 off the wall, and, and his phenomenal breaststroke yeah. leg. There's no doubt. Once he was flying in breaststroke, you thought, nah, 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 he's got it. But from your mate, you were there. You got to feel it. How was it for you? Um, you know, the, the best thing is, is he delivered, you know. Um, everybody in the building – Everybody in the swimming world expected him to to break that world record in a 400 IM, and that's you know again that's that's tough to have that expectation. And the 400 IM is a pretty pretty damn tough race to execute as well. Um, he had Carson Foster next to him, which I think pushes him through that first 200 meters. But you know if he does do the 200 breaststroke this week, there's every chance he beats Stubbody Cook. Um, that's how good a breaststroker he is, and mm. we don't normally see pure breaststrokers swim the IM at that level, let alone, uh, you know, guys that can breaststroke kick be so good, a dolphin kicking under the water as well. So he ticks every box. Um, imagine if he went over 15 on that last wall. Wouldn't that be, wouldn't <laughs> I mean, that he was, be funny, he was but, right on the line. Like it wasn't even yeah. like, oh, he, you know, you know when you kind of exaggerate it, like, oh, he nearly yeah. – no, he was on it. He was like – bang yeah. it, it was it was trained you could imagine how many times that turn has been trained and perfected and you know pushed to the limits and but didn't he, get it right and had to go back and do it again do it again you could just imagine if you watch um his swims from ncaa's he does it essentially in a short course yard for it i am um goes like approaches 15 off every wall like it's it's insane. Obviously, Phelps probably brought that to fruition, and a lot of people have followed suit. But he does it in four hundred IMs. Um, yeah. Pretty insane. Funnily, not funnily, but um, he, he didn't really go close to fifteen in the two hundred fly semi tonight. So somehow maybe he struggles to hold his breath a little bit more in the fly. Um, he wasn't convincing in that butterfly semi final tonight. Um, so that, that gold medal's up for grabs. But in terms of that performance and Phelps being there in the theatre of it all, it really lived up to the moment um, that the swimming world needed um, to see, you know, Phelps' last individual world record get broken, the longest one in history. Um, you know, it was, it was just a really good night of swimming um, that everybody wanted to, to see and, and was fortunate enough to witness.
Yeah, and congratulations to Coach Bob Bowman, who you know obviously coached Michael Phelps as well. So he knew what it was going to take to to knock that time off. I think Leon was in the best hands possible, um, you know, chasing after that record and, and future records. Um, you did mention that two hundred fly tonight. I think yeah, definitely the final is going to be a lot closer than the four hundred IM, and he's he's definitely got a battle on his hands, mate. I don't want to take too much. I know the bus is nearly coming. We're going to finish with them with yeah. the relays. We'll finish with the relays. Obviously, the boys getting up was um, obviously I don't know a surprise or it certainly wasn't awesome. touted as yeah. you know what was going to happen. But uh, the boys got it done. That must have been exciting from an Aussie's perspective to see. Yeah, yeah, really good. Um, you know, the men haven't won that rate, relay since 2011. Um, and just a good race, you know. Um, if Kyle's got a sniff, he's uh, he gets the job done. Um, so that one was was a pretty story um, storyline way to, to end the night for the mm. Australians. Um, and, you know, unfortunate for Great Britain, I think on paper they would have um, had a better team to, to beat the Australians. But, the, the you know, they got disqualified. Um, the old video reveal. Yeah, the big the big thing for them is they're going to have to go to Doha in February where um, they initially said that Great Britain aren't going to send a team to that World Championships. Now, if they want to qualify for the Olympics, which essentially they would start as favourites for, <coughs> they're going to have to send, of course, at least four guys to Doha and um, be one of the top 12 teams in the world there, which they can easily do. But just the inconvenience of that was um, really bad for Great Britain. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's definitely, I mean, and we don't have time to go through it now, but there's a lot of other, you know, yeah, things that play in terms of qualification and being um, uh, eligible and able to, to race yeah. uh, next year. Um, and we're going to finish with the world record for the girls. Molly led off, Shana Jack, Meg Harris, Emma McKeon, bringing them home. World record. And I think, Bobby, what's crazy about this in Australian female sprinting is you could, and this isn't being disrespectful to the others, you could almost field a B team, and I think they'd go close to a podium as well. That's just how fast mm. our girls are swimming at the moment and they're pushing the boundaries even further in terms of what's possible. Yeah, too good. Uh, way too good. 51.99 average split time for those four women. Um, unreal. They're untouchable. Um, I hope they can do the same in the 4 by 200 But listen to Shannon's podcast about sprint freestyle for the, for the women the, the americans aren't doing it right they're, they're training the women like men they're big they're strong they swim shoulder driven straight arm freestyle and it's not working in the long course pool they just can't match the australian sprinters um and they've got a lot of work to do in the next 12 months if they want to challenge but the women have won the last three olympic gold medals in this event and um they're unbackable favorites next year yeah, I don't see it being changed for, for many, many years to come. Um, just with the, the production line we have behind these girls, um, it's phenomenal. The depth in, in female sprinting here in Australia is absolutely phenomenal. So, mate, thank you very much for giving your time. Uh, for all the listeners out there, Bobby literally just finished his his live coverage on the World Aquatics broadcast. Um, I started, what the hell did you just say? Thank you in Japanese. We're back at the hotel. <laughs> back. Bobby, don't start throwing words at me. All I right. don't know. All right. Um, thank you yeah. very much. Thank you very much, Bobby, for giving your time, mate. Uh, great insight yeah. from live on deck. Uh, I really appreciate it. Have a great call for the rest of the week. You're already killing it. Enjoy the rest of the week, and we'll catch up for a review when you're um, safely back at home.
Sounds good. Thanks, Robbie. Cheers, Bobby. Today's episode of the podcast is proudly brought to you by Arena Australia. Arena are the very best swimming brand in the business, whether you're after the best race suits, racing training goggles, training aids, or even team gear for your clubs. Arena Australia are the way to go. If you don't believe me, just look up on the blocks at the finals of most events at either nationals or international events, and you'll see the Arena logo front and centre on the fastest swimmers' race suits. They just are the best. Head over to arenaswimming.com.au right now for all the latest sales and discounts and let them know that Off The Block Swimming Podcast sent you. Today's episode of Off The Block Swimming Podcast is proudly brought to you, as always, by ProSwim Workouts. Nico and the team at ProSwim Workouts have been supporters of the podcast from day one and continue to support the show and the coaching community more broadly with their platform, proswimworkouts.com. Head over to the website right now and become a member to receive all the exclusive content, whether it's programming in and out of the water, thought-provoking articles, or even just sharing of ideas. It is a one-stop shop. And for all those just looking to browse, head over to proswimworkouts.com to find free workouts, podcast tips, jobs available, and so much more. So what are you waiting for? I'll say it one more time. Head over to proswimworkouts.com right now and let Nico know that Off The Block sent you.